Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I still believe through the cold and through the heat, through the rain and through the tears, through the crowds and through the cheers. Oh, I still believe. We're recording. Check. Can you hear me? I did not look at my levels before we did this. Uh, I think we're good. Oh, yeah. I can hear you. Kevin, I got a fresh-ass beer. New outlook on life. We're going to pod today. We're going to pod. I'm pumped. We've been podding a while. Hey, uh, well, first of all, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. If you're listening, today comes out. Are we dropping this Wednesday or draft day on Thursday? Wednesday. We'll do another one. Let's just drop it tomorrow and be okay. Like, this is the day it comes out. It is Wednesday, April 27th, the year of our Lord. Who should have been rookie of the year? Evan Mobley, 2022. This is Kevin along with Raleigh. And all right, let's start off with one thing here. A little a little administrative, little office. What's the word I'm looking for? Admin work. Uh, where have we been <laughs> the last two or three months? So let's just keep it a buck. Uh, we've already, people already know you had a child. Um, we do this because we enjoy it. We're not heroes. We put our pants on one leg at a time, like everyone else. Fortunately, I don't want to say fortunately, it's not our full-time job. We wish it was, but we do have real jobs and there's only so much time in the year you can put into this when it's not your nine to five and act like, okay, the biggest thing I'm going to be honest, the shit that has been going down with the Browns and like, I don't care what your thoughts are on Baker Mayfield. It's been such a bummer. Like the Browns have been and Baker in part have been doing a pretty good job of just making what could have been hopefully a clean breakup. Just look like the worst divorce of all time. I can't take any more of it. And I'm like, okay. And then with the Watson, with the allegations or whatnot, it's like, yeah, he didn't get charged criminally, but Okay, something it's it's weird, and I'm like, uh, can we just let the dust settle there before we make any hard statements? And I'm like, yep, yeah, this is, sounds like a pretty good job to focus on my child, my life. Phys- me and Kevin have been going boxing. Uh, we have not like, against each other yet, <laughs> fucking yet, um, dude. I'm like eight months away before I could. Oh, I I am nowhere near being able to you know, boxing. Shout out people who box regularly. Uh, this is our my first time was started a few weeks ago. There's a boxing gym right in between Raleigh and my streets uh, in Chicago here. And these dudes that are training in there are badass. We've been getting our butts 
well, I can't speak for you. I've been getting my ass kicked in there. Uh, not actually, like from a- no, 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 but like just like the the actual workout of boxing. Yeah, like, I not, thought not like sparring and getting. Yeah, no, absolutely pace. not. We will, we will soon. But uh, I want to give a shout out. Whoever invented the jump rope, I hate everything about you. Oh yeah, that's. Uh... I thought swimming was the hardest cardio of all time. No, I've never had a jump rope for ten straight minutes before in my life. With many it, breaks sprinkled it's in. So defeating now, like jump roping for the first time in what, seventeen years or something like that. Like jump rope at, is the gnarliest. When you're, when you're overweight and you're looking at yourself in the mirror while you're jump roping, it's like, oh, what happened to you, man? Well, so before I sorry, I want to finish that thought before what I was trying to say is like, what I was trying to say is the whole nine to five and you having a kid thing. Shout out to the people who have daily podcasts and daily sports shows and like the Pat McAfee's who do this for four hours a day. I don't know how you do it. Cause I don't know how you find that much shit to talk about. What I was trying to say is you and I do this because we love it. We have a blast. And if we do it 12 months a year, we will not have a blast anymore. So that's why, you know, COVID year, this is our fourth season on this podcast. Uh, the COVID year, we had nothing else to do. So that's why we had 80 episodes that year. But the last couple months, we've been kind of ghosts around here. Um, but like you said, like you alluded to, uh, for real reasons, for this is the best offseason to kind of take a little bit of a step back. Obviously, when the season comes back, we crank right back up. And here's a flip to that. Not just, this offseason, we're taking advantage of it being the offseason. And guess what? Every time we go into a a season or we're in an offseason and we are just so pumped up at the Browns, like, dude, we literally were breaking it down. We're like, okay, they have the offense. Everyone's coming back. They've upgraded the defense. Even if the defense is just okay, literally nothing can go. <laughs> we didn't say literally nothing could go wrong, but we're like, we're very optimistic. Every time we're optimistic going into 2019, shit hits the fan at a, they're like the Michael Jordan of raising that bar for disappointment. So now it's like, you know what? I've been kind of depressed this off season, starting to dial it back in. And I'm going to go into this with the most cautiously pessimistic expectations, just like COVID coming up in COVID. We're like, Oh my God, they have a new coach. They haven't been able to train. Like this is going to be bad. Boom. We ended the playoff drought and beat the shit out of the Steelers in Pittsburgh. You know, what's ironic is agree with everything you just said. Not, that's not the ironic thing. My expectations, like you just said, we've talked about this so much. I am no longer coming into a season. This is nothing. We, the ironic part is that this might be the best roster on paper. We say this like the last several years now in a row, two years, this might be the best one on paper. And my expectations have never been more tempered. It's not even like how we used to sarcastically do the, you know, super Brown, super bowl or whatever it was. I, from now on, it's just, I know we have a great team. I love all the guys on the team for the most part. I'm not coming in saying Super Bowl or bust anymore. I'm not doing it. I can't do it. I can't go that high and then crash that low if we have to crash that low. You feel me? Yeah, dude. I don't care if we win back-to-back Super Bowls. I'm going into that third year with like a uh... one bowl. Like I said, I'm just trying to win me a bowl. If we want a bowl, this we're done with podcast over. Oh, oh for sure. Actually. The Instagram, the po- I don't know. We want Instagram. That's yours. Nah, nah, uh, nah. Pods <laughs> over. I'm 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 done. I might be just done with sports. My goal is to be a fair weather Browns fan after a Super Bowl and just be like, yeah, I'll catch a game that's, you know, the, the primetime games are, uh, oh, I'll watch them when they're, we're in the AFC championship again. And then, yeah, that would be great. 
to just expect them to win championships and casually watch. Oh, that'd be amazing. Instead of just holding onto the edge of your seat when they're playing like Carolina or something. Oh, we do play Carolina this year. Speaking of Carolina. Yeah, that was a bad example. Well, maybe a good example. We're at Carolina and we're at Houston this year. So we got some, some interesting possibilities coming up here. Um, Regarding Carolina and Baker and Seattle, I know a lot of people are freaking out. Look, I, I need people to understand, and I'm not saying this with any kind of knowledge or info, just from what I'm reading and understanding. Baker might be on our roster till, roster till July. It is what it is. The timing of this, his coming off an injury, the 19 million, the not having a great year last year, the Browns needing to get rid of him. Like it's just a perfect storm of shit. You can go any angle, any direction you want, but the fact of the matter is you have to just get ready. And and who like who cares? Everyone's gonna be like, he's, he's not trading yet. We're gonna do it. like re- relax. Like, look at how this roster is structured. There's a reason these extensions we've just been signing have a million dollars for Denzel Ward. Shout out Denzel Ward, by the way. Yeah, got him on that extension. Hometown hero, hometown kid. Could have been happier for him. Um, well-deserved extension, Denzel Ward. So glad he's gonna be here for a long time. Um, but like it's okay, everyone. Like, relax. Like, and everyone's like, well, and Rappaport, I get what he's doing. He has to do his job and whatever. But someone, uh, I saw some tweet that there's a better chance that Bernie Kosar comes out of retirement and plays for the Browns than Baker does to show up at training camp and be taking snaps. Like, come on. Yeah, like, there's just people, some people got to let this go on both sides of the conversation here. Like, it's time to move on. We are big Baker fans here, right? We have, uh, we've had a lot of great experiences with Baker, with Emily. Like they are phenomenal people and we wish them the best. And, and they've done a lot for the franchise. Oh, like, we, there's like Baker's a good quarterback. He's going to be a starter in the NFL. Like it's just, I say this as, as a, as a Browns fan, like I will continue to cheer for Baker and Emily. And I hope we are able to stay, you know, pals with them because they're great people. As a Browns fan, and I'm saying this, you all got to let this go. You got to you gotta move on. It's time to move on, right? It was a messy divorce. It's still lingering, but we need to move on and, and get past this. Um, just needs to do something. I know it's very hard with the other lingering quarterback issues with Deshaun. Um, speaking of which, I have a latest update on that I'd like to share with you. Hit me. Um, great transition, by the way. That's that was on both of us that time. So the latest update with the Deshaun Watson saga. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, use Google. Uh, there was news regarding the 22 civil lawsuits pending against Brown starting quarterback Deshaun Watson, as reported yesterday by Mike Florio for Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports. So the attorney for the women, Tony Busby, filed a notice of his intention to question Watson over five days in early May, to which Deshaun's attorney, Rusty Harden, replied with. Mr. Watson uh, recently moved out of the state and currently lives in Ohio, blah, blah, blah. He has a full-time job, blah, blah, blah. Um, Anyway, there's going to be a hearing next week on the matter. Uh, But Tony Busby, the lawyer for these females, knows exactly what he's doing here. Um, He's trying to make this as big of a pain in the ass as he can. I'm not a legal expert. I'm just reading what other articles other people have said on the matter. Um, They know the more that how can we make this as annoying as possible for the guy we're going against. Let's get him to come up back here to Houston for five separate days, early May. Um, so anyway, I, there's a hearing on it next week. 
Who knows what's going on? Um, hang on. We got a uh, friend of the program, Connor, just hopping on with us right now. Let me bring him in here. Connor, can you hear us? Hello, gentlemen. All right, I'm finishing a thought, then we'll, we'll get into this, the next part here. Um, well, actually, we'll bring up the speed. We're talking about how news came out for Deshaun Watson today. Um, the lawyer representing the 22 women uh, filed the motion. They want to do five depositions of him, uh, five separate days in early May. Deshaun's attorney turned around and said he can't. He's got a full-time job out of state, blah, blah, blah. There's a hearing next week. So it's a legal strategy to be as annoying as possible in hopes of getting him to settle, to stop having to come down here to do five depositions this week and then so on and so forth. Um, Thoughts on that? Do you have any thoughts on that? I got thoughts on that. Hell yeah. I think he should just settle. I mean, it's... (sighs) There's part of me that's like, well, if you didn't do anything at all and they just came out of the woodwork and don't settle, stick to your guns. I don't think he is. Gosh, now I don't want to get canceled. I think there was probably some wrongdoing. That doesn't mean he is. I don't think he's a rapist. Some people, they casually read and they're like, oh, oh the brown sound, the brown signed the devil. He's not the devil. But he did put himself into a situation where he had interaction with these 22 people. From an economic standpoint, this is why I think he should settle. Well, right now your salary is a million dollars a year. You settle, you're going to get suspended. It's going to happen. And you're being, you're missing out on the revenue that you would be getting per game. Every game you're suspended. Right now, that's a one seventeenth of a million dollars per game. Whereas next year it's what, one seventeenth of forty-five million dollars, and I think the lawyer knows that and he's using that. But more importantly, I think he could settle on his terms to some degree. I think he could begin the okay, it's behind us, let's move on and play the next however many years with a clean, clear head. One more layer to this. Let me so let me get your thoughts on this and Connor too. Um, so Florio concluded this article again. You can check him out. Read this article about it. Uh, the best approach to the entire litigation continues to be getting everyone in a room with a retired judge who will try to broker a global settlement. All parties involved need to endure a little tough love in order to get this done. Busby may need more of it than anyone else. If the presiding judge hopes to minimize the time spent on this case, ordering a mandatory mediation of all cases to be conducted between the end of the offseason program and the start of training camp could be the best move to make. That's a quote from Florio. So what he's saying is get a third party retired judge who's been through a thousand of these in his life cases. I'm just saying cases and have him come in and, and just tell everyone what should, what should happen. Um, so I heard them talking about that today on ESPN radio and some, I believe what they were saying was, and I don't call me on this. This could be one settling would get, obviously this goes to bed. We have to hear about the individual cases and the details that could be involved there. Um, we, we just put this behind us, stop talking about it and get on with it. In terms of Deshaun, other people are saying that this could also be used by him to say, Hey, this judge, we had a third party come in and recommend that we do this. I'm going with his recommendation based on the legal advice I'm not saying I'm guilty. So people are saying he could use that to his advantage. You know what I'm saying? So that makes sense. We'll see what happens. That's not to pat myself on the back, but if he settles, he can have a statement 
made to the public that's on his terms versus what gets leaked out, which. And they I can't talk that, about it ever again. They get, they can't talk about it ever. Anyone. Which we're not here to censor people. Like, you know, no, I don't know how to talk about this stuff. We've been very candid about this. That's what it's like, but it's like, don't they know want a settlement. get them their settlement and let's all move on. Like we're trying to be as sensitive as possible here in, in respect of, of obviously uh, of the allegations. Like let's be real here, but it just, it, yeah. Um, so anyway, I wanted to actually put some news, uh, some headlines in here. I got one more headline after this, but uh, you heard him pop in, uh, called in in the middle of that. Uh, the raging Cajun, the draft explaining, uh, Mr. Connard for the fourth a- season in a row, the fourth annual draft especial. We have Connard, the draft expert. Let's go, Raleigh. Yeah, he is in Seattle, boots on the ground. Getting some intel on possible uh, trade deals uh, for the Browns and Baker. Plus, he's there for work. Um, he is a fantasy guru. We'll bring him back once. God, fantasy. No, I mean, not we can't open that one yet. I know. Everything no. we do is just so exhausting. Uh, shout out to the unpaid intern who has <laughs> brought me back-to-back titles. Him just crushing the waiver. I, I got many up, months Sebastian? before that. Um, and he's a... Uh, football analytics guy hey connor hey guys how we doing good to keep the tradition rolling here again no, we appreciate it because hey if you go back and listen to uh well the longtime listeners know this new time listener just trust us you've hit on every draft i'm, I'm not like like last year we're talking about oh you know russo koromoa could come into play like jok you've called you've, you've Newsome, yeah, you you've made some, you've called your shot a few times, and I mean, you haven't called like the pick because no one's that brilliant. Come on, but you've called names, so we're gonna get to that in a second. Um, again, Connor isn't, you know, the the in his Twitter bio doesn't have ESPN or CBS, NBC, NFL Insider, but this guy it does should. more should. reading. This man does more reading in mock drafts on a Tuesday in October than anyone does this week leading up to the draft. The man loves his drafts and his stats, and he's been a great resource for us here. So, and he's a sick dude. Speaking of uh, numbers and all that, today was a big announcement also from the Cleveland Browns alongside Bally's Interactive announced a new partnership. Bally's will now be the official betting partner of the Cleveland Browns including mobile sports betting and lounge, a sports book lounge at first energy stadium. Whenever Ohio finally legalizes this shit. So I think 2023 they're saying, but think about it, go down to first energy stadium and there's going to be a sports book inside the stadium somewhere. That's going to be completely out of control and out of hand. I'll have them figure that part out. Uh, but imagine these, these ghouls, us included going from like the Muni lot or the pit and people just going right into that sports book. I guess that's not any different than going into the stadium. So whatever, but damn thoughts, gentlemen, it's big. Yeah. My dream someday is to have like a, an iPad at each seat. Yes. I literally sit there and say, is this going to be a runner pass run? <laughs> Ooh. Real quick. Live bullets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Ohio's got to catch up in a lot of things. Uh, this needs to be legalized ASAP. Um, but what I would like to get into now is, and obviously it's been such an interesting dynamic with the Browns having no first round pick this year. Um, and I'm very guilty of this too. I've been almost like weary about it, like a little nervous guys for the first time in our godforsaken lives of at least this franchise, at least 
we're kind of all in here. Good teams and who make good moves with smart management, knock on wood, this is what happens. You have to say goodbye to draft pick. You have to say goodbye to big-time players. Again, knock on wood. I mean, look at the wide receiver we just got from the Cowboys, right? Look at Tyreek Hill, Cleveland, Kansas City. Like, this kind of shit happens. Um, kind of related, not related. Anyway, Kyle, I'm going to stop talking here momentarily. Uh, this year, the Cleveland Browns coming into the draft tomorrow, Thursday night. Uh, we have one, two, three. We have seven picks this year. Round two, number 44. Round three, number 78. Um, and then we go a pick in the third, fourth, sixth, and two in the seventh round. Boom. Connor, I'm about to pull the greatest podcast co-host power move of all time. I think you're up for the challenge. I'm going to outline where I see this episode going and list a couple of bullet points that are also questions and ask you to answer them. So, what's the state of the, what are the needs of the Browns in free agency? What are the needs of the Browns in the draft? And how does that shit tie together? Bonus, do you see them making a splash with Baker in the draft? What day? Not what day, but thoughts. Boom. Answer those questions that I don't know how to answer. Got it. All right. And, yeah, I guess first off, do want to mention with the lack of first-round picks, uh, when's the last time the Rams picked in the first round? You know, I can't even name the last year. It's probably been three or four years in a row they've traded theirs away, and obviously that worked out pretty well for them so you know hopefully we're we're moving on the right direction here on the same track but mm-hmm. yeah as far as the team needs go i mean the good thing is you know the needs are kind of the same for the draft and free agency we just got to get them addressed one way or the other so we've got optionality here and uh you know whether we're able to do that in free agency or in the draft kind of depends on the baker situation and whether we can dump his contract you know and and start to open up a little extra money for the free agents so if we can get maybe not all the 18 million off the books i think we're gonna have to eat some of that in order for us to get a deal done but you know i think we're we're waiting to sign guys like Clowney, or maybe we were going to bring jarvis back or bring in some other receiver help uh via free agency we got to get baker's contract out of there first so i think those moves are are kind of pending but I feel like in all in all likelihood, the defensive end and edge player, the wide receiver needs will probably double down and hit them in both, you know, both a free agency and a draft option. Some people say that what I've been reading and just the discourse in general is that Andrew Barry may and we've only had two drafts with us to look back on that Andrew Barry may not value defensive end high enough to draft with the first pick of his of draft, the first, second round. Do you concur? Is that out of left field? Uh, I don't necessarily buy into that. I, I think, well, and I guess it depends on, we think Andrew Barry does, you know, all the calling of the shots in terms of what position we're prioritizing or if D Podesta comes into there as well, mm. because, you know, in years past as, as our you know chief strategy officer or whatever the, the title is, you know, he's said, the positions that we're going to prioritize are quarterback tackles, uh, edge players and cornerbacks, you know? And so by those standards, you know, that's a high value position that, you know, if you can, if you can get a playmaker that you don't have to pay a ton of money, you know, for, for four or five years there certainly makes sense to take that shot while you have it. So, 
I, I, I mean, I personally think one of their first, let's say two picks, maybe three, if there's somebody really, really good there at another spot, I, I think they'll hit the, the defensive end position early and, and maybe again late. Here, so here's my question on that. There's, I was listening to again, ESPN radio said that this week they're talking about how there's a lot of talk uh, out there in the league that there's kind of a handshake deal between the Browns and Clowney. They just haven't done anything yet. Like a lot of people think it's just a matter of time. Yep. So a lot of people are saying if we draft wide receiver at 44, that means Clowney's coming back. I don't know if I buy, we're going to automatically go wide receiver though. And that's a, been a recent change of frame or mindset for me. Yes. I, no shit. We got to revamp our, our running or uh, throwing receiving game. I, I get that. We all get that. It's huge. But at the same time, I look at the value of a good edge player and he, especially he's a stand up. I'm thinking of uh, what's his name? Uh, Walker, maybe. Uh, Trayvon Walker. There you go. Yeah. Um, if I have to bet money, well, actually I can't, I live in Illinois. It's legal. Um, I'd put that I'm going between him um, and that wide receiver from maybe Boise. Oh, Khalil Shakir. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, yeah. this is why we have you on here. Um, <laughs> My man. Yeah. So, Oh, I, sorry. Excuse me. Drake Jackson. Why am I saying Georgia? Uh, Dude, I, got, I got some issues. We all know that Drake Jackson is who I'm going at for 44, either between him Um or yeah, Khalil Shakir from Boise State. I don't know. So, um, yeah, the Walker. I was gonna say he he's a, all of a sudden a dark horse to go first overall, which is whoa thing because um, he's tested absolutely off the charts athletically. And you know, I guess you shouldn't be surprised with any player. I mean, it's changed every other day. Yeah, his his stock is is way way up. But uh, Drake Jackson, you know, will be an option there in between the second or third round, and and he's a decent fit. Um, you know, I, I was talking to Durali about this earlier, but if you're predict, projecting what the Browns are going to do with early picks, there's a really fascinating chart I actually saw uh, today, and it's Andrew Barry's draft habits in the first and second round for the last, um, you know, for his whole tenure, and mm. he loves to go very, very young. Like, yes, on average, he goes, he drafts you know, so far a full year. Oh, well, always sent me that chart. And I thought it was a joke of, cause of how far isolated the Browns are on that. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, they're fully, and then he likes people very athletic and the Browns are literally fully up and to the left on this scatter plot, not even remotely close to anybody else. Um, so if that standard holds, you can kind of narrow down pretty easily, you know, who the, who the top options might be for some of those earlier picks. And so, um, looking at that, you know, if we're looking at the the 44th pick, George Pickens out of Georgia, he's 21 years old and tested, you know, top seven guys in the draft for, for that kind of relative athletic score that's, that's mentioned on the chart. Uh, Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, same deal, 21 years old, super fast, very athletic, Sky Moore. For those of us that aren't uh, stats junkies or college football junkies, what position do they play, Adam? <laughs> These are wide receivers. Tight, tight. Yes. Just, just for the audience. Yes. I, I uh, knew that. Yeah. These are all wide receiver options that, that kind of would fit the bill there in the second round. 
Um, if we're looking at the third round, Shakir could come into play, as you mentioned, for wide receiver. The kid named Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati that's you know big, 6'3", 4'3", 40, super athletic, 21 years old. John Mechie, stud from Alabama, same deal, 21, young guy, very athletic. So um, those are the kind of guys that fit the mold of our, our draft habits so far. So those are good names. And, you know, I'm going to hit, hopefully, if I throw out, you know, 10 names that you like that. <laughs> Do you think Barry would see the three of us as young and athletic? Oh, no. Like, I mean, do you think he could see us as not young and not athletic? I think he Yeah, would. I could see young and not huh. not young and not athletic, more All likely. Right. I'm just trying to think out loud here. Um, question. So, Stefanski doesn't seem to utilize wide receivers. Uh, it just seems like every time he, they're not utilized on this team. Is it possible that the media, the talking heads, everyone is speculating on wide receiver being one of the crucial needs in the draft. Like, let's say you have two, I don't know, B-plus players, one edge, one wide receiver at the whatever pick, what is it, 44 overall? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm thinking they're going, there's no way they're going. Even if it's like a, a B-edge defender and a B-plus receiver, wouldn't you see him going edge? Disclaimer: I'm the reason why my the if we had that first round pick before Deshaun, I would say wide receiver. I'd bet the house. The second rounds would screw me up. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now to the to the point on the edge. I mean, I, I also think that you know the the depth of the class, the options that you think you might have later if you pass on a position, that all matters quite a bit as well. Where you know you just heard me rattle off you know, like six or seven guys that fit that athletic young profile receiver defensive end there. There's not, you know, or edge, there's not nearly as many options there. You know, a lot of the guys that I'm seeing mocked to the Browns in that second round area are like, maybe they are very athletic, but they're, you know, 23 years old or, you know, might even be 24 by the time the season starts. So, or, or it's a guy like uh, David Ojabo out of Michigan who tore an Achilles going to have to miss a whole season don't know if that athleticism is going to be there anymore when he gets back also you know that's another lost year and he's 23 by the time he's finally in the nfl so yeah i think the second round there there's maybe two guys that could fall far enough to be in the browns consideration there's a guy named logan hall out of houston it's a stud he's 21 and play inside or outside on the defensive line or George Karloftis out of Purdue, who's, uh, I don't know why he keeps falling in the mock drafts, but he seems to be. So he's also 21 in a, so if he falls, that's a huge pick. Have you ever seen more of a disagreement or more of a variety of like the top 10 of every mock draft out there? I, I have yet to see, click on two in a row, the top five is completely different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the top maybe 15 guys, people have a decent consensus on who that might be, but the order is all over the place. And then, you know, when you get from 15 to 50, you know, there's an unbelievable amount. of. Oh, yeah. But, so. so two questions. Uh, my 
if I have to, well, I think I did bet on this actually. I think Garrett Wilson is the first wide receiver taken off the board. Um, do you have any, or have you decided who you think would go first? Um, and number two, second question, you have studied more about Barry in the draft than I could even know where to start or look. Do we draft a kicker anywhere in the seventh round or any of these other goofy later picks we have? Yeah. Yeah. So for the receiver question, I mean, Garrett Wilson's my personal favorite, but this is also somewhat of a Homer pick. I know we're all Ohio state fans here, but yeah, I, even taking that out, I still but, say, yeah, I mean, I I, got, not to interrupt, but here's my thought on Garrett Wilson. You have him and you have, who's the other guy? Olave. Uh, Olave. And you have the hurt. Jamison Williams, or the uh, younger right. wide receiver, Jamison Williams. Yeah. So oh. you have, who's the guy? Oh, you're talking about Smith. You're talking about Smith yeah, and Jigba. Yeah. yeah. Never, yeah. <laughs> Smith and Jigba. Yes. Um, essentially you have three absolute studs at the wide receiver position at Ohio state and they're playing for Ohio state who nine games out of 10 is significantly better than their opponent just by skill alone. Does that not, it's like, well, if you got drafted in the top five, well, you're not going to the Ohio States of the NFL. You're going to a team that is struggling. So back to Garrett Wilson, I'm like, well, couldn't a mediocre receiver have thrived in that system when there's two other studs that have to be accounted for and your O-line is 10 times better than anyone else? Versus a guy like uh, Drake London with yeah. USC who didn't put up as good a stats, but he was the, if I'm not mistaken, like the only stud first round pick caliber receiver on that offense. That's what you're saying. Like, cause they're on, a, they're on a, one of the best teams in the country year in and year out. Does that mask any weaknesses they may have to which that's a great question. And then also uh, Connor on top of that, but I have heard that, looking at those guys individually, I forget if which one, Olave or Wilson, they said one of them is like the, will be already one of the best route runners in the NFL today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the Ohio state receivers is I guess with Garrett Wilson, he was the top wide receiver prospect in his class coming out of high school. So, you know, his production at Ohio state kind of reinforced the fact that he's a stud, you know? And so, the other thing that I will say is the most interesting part, Jamison Williams from Alabama, who tore his ACL late in the season. People are still saying he might end up being the best receiver in the whole draft class. And yeah. He went to Ohio State, didn't beat out Wilson and Olave, and transferred to Alabama, and then just immediately was the best receiver in the SEC, which, you know, to anything that... <laughs> to speak to the, the skill level in front of him that those two guys beat him out. And then he goes to Alabama of all places and is immediately not only their best receiver, but you know, best guy in the sec is pretty crazy. Interesting know? theory. I heard is that the, the jets take him at six, knowing their seasons, they're still very much rebuilding. It doesn't really matter. Take him at six because there's no pressure for him to perform this year. Have you heard anything like that? You see that mocked up. I get it. I get it. You know, but uh, at the same time, if you, you know, if you're worried about Zach Wilson's development, you probably want to get some, some, him some help right away. And true. Uh, you know, given 
how thirsty they've been to, to try and find a receiver. You know, they've been on, on the Tyreek sweepstakes on everybody else. And so uh, well, uh, one more question. I want to bring us back to the Browns real quick. Speaking of top overall wide receiver prospects, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones was the top route receiver the year coming out of high school, I believe. Um, so great transition there, Connor. My question kind of pertaining to the draft, but just the Browns in general, you know, we keep talking about how brutal the passing game was last year. Are we kind of undervaluing or underappreciating DPJ right now? Because a lot of talk right now I've been seeing is we got Amari and then nothing else. I think we still got a little something-something, and we haven't seen them. Again, different people did click with different quarterbacks, right? Who knows what they could look like with Deshaun or Jacob or any of these other guys? Who knows? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, th- I think I think DPJ is absolutely being slept on. I mean, you talk about, again, those things that our team values – he was super young coming into the draft. He had the top athletic profile, I believe, out of everybody in the in his draft class. And so it's not his fault. He went to Michigan and their offense was so trash that mm. his game was talk about it. <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, for a couple of seasons. So, you know, that's not on him. He just needs to, you know, a couple years in our system. I think he's he's a definitely a great breakout candidate. And you know, for kind of that Will Fuller to Deshaun deep route threat. I wouldn't sleep on Anthony Schwartz either. He's again, hey, yeah. he was 20 years old last year. He was the fastest guy in the draft class and the league on paper yeah. last yeah. year. Do you think, do you see Barry or Depot going, taking some tight end in like the sixth, seventh round from middle Maryland state or something that we've never heard of before. And he turns out to be some, just stud tight end. I that's I see that as kind of a sleeper. If I could bet on that in this draft, I would. Yeah, I, I think there's a bunch of good names that are in that kind of fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth round range. Um, yeah, there's a guy named Jelani Woods out of out of Virginia. A guy named Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State. <laughs> You're a psycho. Charlie Kolar from Iowa State. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to say, hey, a lesser Browns podcast would not bring you these names in schools. <laughs> Raleigh and I sure as hell won't. But yeah, you know, like we run two tight ends all the time. We we only have two tight ends rostered right now. So, you know, I think them bringing in somebody else to develop that, you know, we can throw in there similar to a Harrison Bryant last year. I think that's. That's a very likely move at some point. All right. So I think I'm going to say my final prediction. We'll take a wide receiver 44. We'll take edge the next pick. And then after that's free for all. I got to just think that if, even if he doesn't, I don't know, but I think if Clowney is, you know, essentially a done deal, maybe knock on wood, we take a receiver there. Young, we get five years of them, four years. I don't know what second round on how that works. Um, Clowney comes back. Miles is there. We sign. I mean, we already did sign someone else. And then we bring in that that third rounder to develop slowly, be kind of a situational edge next to those monsters, learn from them, practice with them, that he can shine in two or three years. Yeah, I love that approach. I think that's absolutely the move. And I think Thank that, you. Thank it, you. That's why they picked the young guy, you know, and and – get somebody who's toolsy and raw and you know, that they can, they're a little ball of clay that they can mold into a stud, you know, in a couple of years. 
and again, I apologize for combining like four names in four different schools earlier. Um, yeah. You're forgiven, Kevin. Thank you. I think if they go, what you were bringing up earlier, Kevin, about uh, if the Browns go wide receiver, that's an indication that they're going to bring back Clowney. I'm kind of thinking with his, his age and I don't think he would, you can never have too much depth on the D line. Of course not. And I think if the draft class is more shallow at D line, I, and like we were talking about people's Jones and who they do have, and they're still, you can pick up a veteran wide receiver in free agency. I, I think they're going to go edge. Like, I think that's the most glaring need because people act like, Oh, you get clowny and boom. Awesome. It's like, well, he's an older dude and you need to get some rotational guys in there. Cause I mean, when it's just Garrett, you can tell, you know, like give yeah. him some, put a guy, even D tackle really like some stud next to him. Like you can never, that changes everything when you have a nasty D line. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, people also, well said, Raleigh. Yeah. You know, Thanks. Very well said. Fucking first time recording uh, in months and we're back. Yeah. I just say things that sound smart to me sometimes. Sports. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing with Clowney too is, you know, there, there's a bit of a recency bias that he's going to stay healthy. You know, he's had one healthy season out of the last, what, four? Last year, we said if we get 12 games with him, we're celebrating. Yeah. He missed one, two, one. It was so great. That, that's far from a given as well. And, and True. You know, I think I would venture to say they, they probably have maybe two, three edge type of guys that, that they hope fall to them. If that happens, they'll take them. If not, plenty of good consolation prizes, you know, at the receiver position. So, Last, so you're going, you're going with edge at 44. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I said Connor's guess before Connor said Connor's <laughs> guess. Let's go. Um, lastly, unless Kevin, you have anything else, do you see the Browns trying to make a splash uh, or dish out Baker? If so, is it like a mid round? That's what I was going to, I started that thought earlier. We didn't finish it. I'm going to real quick. I said, when I was talking about how people need to stop freaking out, he might be around till like July. We need to see what Seattle and Carolina do in the first round before any city of these scenarios can even pop off. Connor, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm here in Seattle. I'm talking to all the homeless people trying to get them to, you know, convince the Seahawks GM that look for those needles out there, man. Be careful. Not this, not the space needle, the ones on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's similar to a Haslam situation, trying to trying to get the homeless contingency to, to really back. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. We're not. We're past that. God damn it. Great, great. <laughs> Are great we? Transi- I mean, that was great how you brought that in. It brought that full circle, though. Okay. Wow. Remember, you're off. Uh, those were listen, uh, Connor is currently in Seattle, Washington. Yeah. Um, no, Rod, to answer your question, I had no other questions or topics. I was going to declare the song of the summer. That's all. Oh, that's a. Oh, well. If you were going to brief me on that topic, what am I going to choose? <laughs> no, no. So, but with, with, uh, listening to my song cry. of the summer, my song of the summer, uh, and then you have the full reservation to make your song of summer too. But that's after football's done. Are we done with football? No, no, we're not. Go uh, ahead, 
last thing I would say with Baker, I think I think they're going to have to eat half of his salary. You know, probably. I'm going 11. I'm saying 11, 12. So, out of yeah. 19. And I don't think we're going to get it a day two pick. You know, like a second or third rounder. I think. I think we'll. You know, if we can get a fourth, fifth, we'll just take what we can get. Um, I think if we're paying 10 or 11 mil. That's got to be for a third rounder or Barry's going to be like, I'm not paying 10 or 11 for not a third rounder. No, maybe. I mean, we have three quarterbacks that we signed, so we're not, we don't have any plans to keep him on the roster. That's unfortunately the issue is they've kind of telegraphed their hand. I would have loved to see them say, Hey, we don't know if Deshaun is going to be suspended yet. So we need Baker because he's going to have to start games for us this year. I don't think that's just laughable. There's no way they'd have done Uh, it. I mean, the last thing anyone would want. Baker doesn't want to come to yeah, that shit. You don't want, and you don't want to scorn Baker in the locker room. Like, yeah. if I'm it's him, just a I'm lose like, lose I, for everyone. I, I'm going to burn this mother down. Like, <laughs> I would say so much shit about like. Oh, anyway. No, but like I was, like like we said earlier, like I said earlier. Again, we're big fans of Bacon Emily, but from a Browns fan, and I'm just saying from all from their side, everybody. Everyone's got to move on here and stop. T- like this has got to get finalized hopefully well, soon with for, and for the best, I obviously we going to be, I'll be cheering for him, but I can't wait to not talk about the quarterback position for, for like a ever. day. Uh, but my, that's not the personal against them. When you, you know, we're talking about getting a pick and eating uh, some of his salary. Well, what about, they mentioned this, or what about giving a pick? to eat the salary, what would be more valuable to the Browns, like the cap space or mid round draft capital, or you'd swap like six or seventh round picks, something. I, I don't know shit about draft capital, but I'm saying like, Hey, we'll give you a fourth and Baker and his contract is yours. You ever see the movie, get him to the Greek. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The extended version too. Yeah. When they're shout out me for this reference, when they're sitting in Diddy's office and he said, anyone know about singular ATT singular? And the one guy goes, no, he goes, well, you should don't be proud of your ignorance. So I'm telling you right there. You're like, I don't know shit about this. So I say, you should don't be proud of your ignorance. That's a great reference, Kevin. I'm going to watch that tonight. <laughs> That's the best movie reference. Oh, well done. That is a good, and that is a good movie. Everyone. I enjoyed it. Great movie. Great soundtrack. Sorry. Continue your thoughts. Though. Oh yeah. I'm just saying, we're talking about uh, getting a mid-round draft pick and eating some of his contract. Well, what about on the flip side? The worst thing that they could do is cut him. And there's no like that will not happen. They would they would eat some of his salary and then give him to somebody before they let him control his own destiny. He'd be picked up by Pittsburgh the next day. But is it possible that they give up draft capital for a team to? take his salary in its entirety. I'd say that's more likely than cutting him. If they cut him, they have to pay the whole salary. Yeah, exactly. So they got to do something to just dump some of that. And, you know, the whole situation just sucks. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Baker believer still. I think he's still going to be a good quarterback. I'd think. I would know that you're not allowed to say that. Cause then you're a Baker bro. And then you're one of these idiots on Twitter that, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the Browns it's a joke great job destroying his value i think you know he did a good job destroying his value on (laughs) just a terrible terrible divorce perfect storm perfect shit storm uh, man everything that happened just like at once it could be on cops 
you know, we got to remember though, Twitter is like 3% of Brown's fans. Yeah. So it's like, I, I got to remind myself that like half the time, like the fact that the Redskins, sorry, the, yeah, put, excuse me, the commanders, team, commanders, commanders. The team, whatever. Uh, the fact that they could get like, they gave up, what was it? A second, a third, or maybe two thirds for Carson Wentz. I mean, I would take Baker over him any day. Oh, they're oh for sure. And I mean, come on, look at and how that whole thing. Happened. Look at Carolina's quarterbacks. Like, who are they kidding? Yeah. So that even if they dread, like Baker's better than all of them. Baker still there's not 32 quarterbacks better than Baker. Like he's going to start somewhere. Yeah. Actually, gets, maybe not next year because the right now it's kind of all booked. <laughs> but he's just he he'll be a starting quarterback in the NFL again. Obviously. Yeah. I I totally agree. And so you know you see something like that happen, you're like, how can we not get something of value? you know, to, to, to trade him. So hopefully that and, uh, uh, prediction, by the way, we will trade one of our picks away for a future pick. It least, you know, could even, could even be one of those third rounders. I think the fact that, you know, one thing that, that Barry understands very well is the whole NFL draft is a total crapshoot. And the more shots you have on goal, Mm-hmm. higher your percentages of hitting on somebody for cheap that's going to help the team on a low contract for a long time. And so without the first round picks for, for a few years, we're going to have to hit on some of those, you know, mid-round picks to help make up for that. And so I can definitely see us moving, you know, a pick or two to try and gather some future assets and boost things going forward. So that's my final God, that just reminded me. I'm like, I, I keep in my mind thinking, oh, we don't have a first round pick this year. I'm like, oh, it's also that plus I'm two more years. Yeah, just I'm not pumped. Care. And people are asking if we're going to trade back into the first round. The the Browns facility is shut down Thursday night. They're not even having the media come out there <laughs> like they have every other. Like I know we're not used to this, but like it, it's okay, guys. It's okay to not have a first round pick. It's all right. I'm not mad about. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to everyone. Um, that's all I got. Season do we need record edit, predictions. Do we need a th- season record predictions? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm not doing this shit. I'm doing like let's go uh, nine and eight or ten and seven. I'm gonna go three and fourteen. All right, love it. Yeah, undersell, over over deliver. That's what exactly. Um, <laughs> we don't need to add, there's nothing we need to edit out of this, right? Nothing. No one said anything stupid. A song of the summer. Oh, that's right. But song of the summer, yeah. Um, my official declaration, I reserve the right to change this. It is only April. Uh, my official song of the summer is Broadway Girls by Lil Durk and Morgan Wallen. Broadway Girls, great song. Maybe we'll take you out at the end of, the, the end of this podcast with this jam. Um, Connor, thank you, sir, as always, um, for coming on. We'll see you again here in you're a few gonna, months for, you're for not fantasy. Give us song of the summer. Sounds good. Huh? You're not going to give us some, our songs of well, the summer? I'm, I would like to save this for the next couple of weeks so we can extend this content out. I had a well, we're gonna forget about it, and I had a good song of the. Song. Well, then what? Yeah, then we go shoot. If you have one now, yeah, I just want to put you on the spot. Wheels on the bus by Lady Baby Bum. Quinn loves it. Fair. <laughs> that is your song of the summer, whether you like it or not. So true. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Connor, for Raleigh, for myself, thanks for listening to Dogs War Podcast. Do that thing if you don't mind. Please, you hit that subscribe. Maybe leave just a quick rating or a comment. Hey, it only takes but three seconds. Thanks for the Dogs of War podcast, and good night, Cleveland.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.